0: message for today. This is the plumb line in the midst part two. Pastor Ken, would you give me my plumb line again, please? It's in there. I I tend to super, super. You're wonderful. And uh, Pastor Ken can explain this plumb line a lot better than I. This is what a plumb line looks like. And this thing will, uh, we carpenters use it to make sure their walls are straight. And this line is, is, is straight, and all of this is vertical, perfectly straight. And a carpenter wants to make sure that the walls are straight. I was talking to Brother Eric, who uh, is um, um, a numero uno uh, uh, builder and, and uh, construction person. He says to me afterwards, uh, I did not mention it, and of course he was in no ways criticizing me, nor was he boasting in his great knowledge. But uh, he said, <laughs> he said uh, one reason that the walls began to list or lean is because they have you have foundation problems. And when the foundation is bad, the walls are bad. And there's no reason why those of us who are here should have foundation problems. But there may be because you have not listen. You've had a yes but attitude. And so when you have the yes but, yeah, I don't know, yeah but, then you can, you're starting to have foundational problems and your foundation cracks, your foundation settles and now your walls are crooked. And so God is speaking to not only uh, to Amos and through Amos and of course to Israel, uh, but he is also speaking to us uh, through the old prophets. Um, I said one uh, day or night or morning, I don't remember, but I was preaching and something came out of my mouth. And those who are preachers and teachers of the gospel know that things will sometimes come out of your mouth uh, as you're in the little zone and you'll say something that you didn't really, uh, per se, mean to say. And I remember saying, I'm a herald to this generation. And I thought, oh God, what did I just say? And I, I couldn't take it back. The Holy Spirit revealed to me that is exactly what I've made you, a herald to this generation. Amen. And this particular story deals with the fact that of Amos, uh, and I'm going to start in Amos chapter 7, verse 7, to sort of recap, and um, it's called, the subject is the plumb line in the midst, part 2, and those of you who were not here last week, I was talking about God. Uh, sending locusts to chastise his people, and the prophet says, "Oh, please don't do that! Don't, don't, don't let them destroy. Uh, Jacob is is small. He, he's not able to handle that. God's okay. I will relent." And then he sent fire to even, to be. There would, uh, the drought would be so severe that even the uh, underground aquifers would uh, dry up. And, uh, and so he says, oh, please don't do that. Jacob, is just, he's small. He, he, basically, he cannot survive that. And God's okay, i relent. And then thirdly, he had a vision of God putting the plumb line, the plumb line that I just showed you. And the plumb line was God's law to say, this is what I require of you. And I said to you last week that, that the plumb line, I believe, for the church is the cross of Christ right in the midst of us. Then the cross of Christ is our plumb line. And there is no uh, variations there. No, no. There, there, there is no vacillations. Uh, the plumb line is the cross of Christ. And on that cross, we, we die. We die to ourselves. We die to all that we have been or even in our natural selves hope to be. We die to that. And we yield ourselves only to God. And this is what we, we must do. There is no wiggle room on the cross There's no wiggle room. You can't get yourself down. And if you are itching somewhere, you can't even scratch it. You can't go where you want to go because your feet are nailed. And that's what God is expecting of his church. Amen, Amen, somebody. So for the the third time, the prophet was shown a vision of judgment. This time the sentence was unalterable. And I would like to say again, as I constantly say and I'm shocked that people don't get it, don't hear it, don't, nor adhere to it, but that we are right now in America in judgment, under judgment, at this very moment that we sit here. Yes, we haven't been touched as severely by it as, as some, but we are still under judgment. You can say, well, I don't believe that. Well, you'll believe it when all the things come to, fu- to fruition. You will believe it then. In verse 7 of this chapter, uh, the Lord held in his hand a plumb line. A plumb line was a cord with a lead weight used by builders to make sure that the walls were constructed straight up and down. In other words, God does not want you leaning in any preferred direction. He doesn't even want the wind to, to blow you in a direction uh, that you should not be in. He wants you straight up and down, as it were. He, he, wants, he wants you vertical to heaven, No list. Vertical. That's what he wants. And that's what the cross represents. And then if you are that way with heaven, you will be right with your brothers and sisters. You will be right on the left, toward the left. You will be right uh, toward the right. Yes, Yes, you will not be as we tend to be. So this is what God is, is requiring of us. He is requiring this of us. And those who do not give it will be swiftly judged so a plumb line was was used to test existing walls to see whether they had settled or tilt or tilted and those who that had settled or tilted needed to be torn down and so the plumb line is not partial the plumb line is not partial The plumb line says you're leaning and you need to be torn down. And that's what God is saying to us, the church, because frankly, if I may say, the church has failed. The church in so many regards has failed because we have done exactly what our worldly neighbors have done. We have taken sides. In in Isaiah 28, verse 17, I, I would go there first. Uh, just for a moment. And um, uh, God was setting a plumb line uh, among his people, Israel. Uh, the nation had been built true to plumb. Uh, it had been built true to plumb. But now it was out of line and needed to be torn down. Uh, it was, it's a sad commentary to say uh, as an American, as a, as a faithful American. You see, I, I believe all the stuff that I was taught. I believe in standing for the National Anthem. I believe in standing when the National Anthem was played, putting my hand over my heart, standing at attention. I believe in all of those things. I believe them even though I I grew up somewhat like uh, maybe an abused spouse would grow up. What am I saying by that? I say that with no bitterness in my heart. I had been very good and loving to America, but America wasn't so good and loving to me, but I still loved America still. Are you with me? Do you understand that analogy? I loved her still. Uh, but what God is saying is that the, the walls, since the walls are so crooked, they don't represent holiness and righteousness anymore. They need to be torn down. And that grieves me. That grieves me. As I stand here, it grieves me. I <clears throat> having, having failed the plumb line test, God is saying that the chief structures, religious and political, would be demolished. And so I think what we have to do as the church, we have to look at this day, this very day, not generally speaking, but this very day in which we live as an opportunity to do some things over. And I think that's what reset means. God God answered the prophet. He says, behold, I set a plumb line in the midst of my people. That is, I've made this to be the last rule or the final measure. So God is saying this is the final measure. And I believe that those of us who love God will adhere to the Word of God and will not say yes, but. Or have you heard from this person? I've been given so many internet prophecies and about 99.9% of them are proven to be false. I've said to you earlier that that this time period in which we live is rife uh, with false prophets. It's just filled with false prophets, brothers and sisters. You know, and so I, I, if somebody were to prophesy or tell a lie in their prophecy, if they were to do that, and even though naturally I have that bent, I refuse it because my, my new heart and my new man is the one I'm listening to and following because he follows the Holy Spirit. You and I have a new heart. That is, a, a place of righteousness. And we must understand that and differentiate between the old and the new. Amen. One time, a number of years ago, Dr. Doug Jackson, you remember him. I always loved his preaching. He, he's one excellent pulpit here. And, I mean, when you can preach preachers happy, you're a preacher. Yeah. And, boy, I tell you, when he preaches, he preaches me happy. And Dr. Jackson preached a very powerful message titled, when did truth-telling become troublemaking? You know, because uh, here in this story, and I'm trusting I'll get to it, Amos was, con- was uh, 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 accused of troublemaking. And now even today, when pastors preach the truth, they are accused of meddling and troublemaking. And I was listening. Somebody, uh, actually, my son sent me a, a message uh, yesterday and he says is this the gospel and i wrote him back it is not the gospel it is not the gospel remember that's the son he's a grown man now but when he was little he asked me one time if somebody prophesied in the church he said dad is that was that a a, a prophecy was that from god he was a little boy i I said well son i don't talk about the members of the church blah, blah blah and he said am i a member of the church dad i go yep well, should I know r- what's right and what's wrong? I said, yeah. He <laughs> was a little boy. And then, and, and so I said, I said, before I could answer, he said, when they started out, they were really right, weren't they, Dad? I said, yeah, they were. And then they got off, didn't they, Dad? I said, baby, that's exactly right. And when we started out our journey, we were plumb. We were plumb. But somehow we've gotten off, believers. All right, but let's get back on. Let the Lord straighten us back again. In Dr. Jackson's message, he spoke of God's prophets getting into trouble and being accused of making trouble because they spoke God's words. That time is here again. People of God, we must throw off the shackles uh, of, of, of slavery to man and man's institutions and stand fast in the liberty With which Christ has made us free. Not set us free, made us free. There's a huge difference in it. I've I've taught you that for a number of years. There's a big difference in being set free and made free. When when I got saved, I was made free. You know, you can set a slave free, but he's still a slave. And some of us seem like we've been set free and not made free. May I keep on preaching? Thank you. I had my mind to do it anyway. And the the apostle goes on to say uh, that we should stand in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Bondage to this world system is our biggest travesty. Can you, the people of truth, handle the truth, I ask. In John chapter 18, verses 19 through 23, let's turn to John. John 18, 19 through 23, and we'll uh, forget uh, Isaiah 28, 17 for a while. The high priest then asked Jesus about his disciples and his doctrine. Jesus was on trial. They were accusing Jesus of being a troublemaker. We're going to lose our nation if you keep on messing up. Uh, The Romans are going to come and take everything, and then we're going to lose our position. That's what what the, the, the ruling establishment said. That's what the ruling establishment is saying right now to the church. Don't speak the truth. Say something easy for us. And so the high priest asked him about his disciples and his doctrine. Jesus answered him, I spoke openly to the world. And it's time that men and women of God, not only the pastors and and evangelists, but all of us would speak openly the truth. Jesus said, I spoke openly to the world. I always taught in synagogues and in the temple uh, where the Jews always met, where you leaders always met, is what he's saying, or always meet. And in secret, I have said nothing. Now, listen, this is very powerful. I can't expound on every point. I want you to get it. In secret, I have said nothing. So I have have endeavored not to be a secret herald. (laughs) I will not be a secret herald. And uh, I will not be afraid of who's with me and who's not. Yeah. Because if you are with the truth, you'll stand in the proper place. Yeah. And if you go to the left or to the right, you're in the wrong place. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Jesus is going to understand. And in secret, I, I said nothing. And in secret, I've said nothing. Why do you ask me? Ask those who heard me what I said to them. This is a trial. And he's asking the person on trial to be a witness. That's what Caiaphas was doing. He said, wait a minute, what are you doing asking me? Ask those who heard me what I said to them. If this is a trial, you should be having some some true witnesses. I'm just asking you, are you a witness? When I was a boy, we sang a song, I'm a witness for my Lord. Uh, Are you a witness? Does anybody hear that song when you were a kid? I'm a witness. For my Lord. Yes, and and I'm a witness for my Lord. And the Holy Ghost is a witness for my Lord. I I believe that's how that song went. I'm a witness. Are you a witness? Sometimes we think the witnesses is telling somebody, you need to come to Jesus and become like me. No, you you need to come to Jesus and become like Jesus. Amen, somebody. Hallelujah. He says, ask them what I said to them. Indeed, they know what I said. And when he had said these things, one of the officers who stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, can you answer the high priest like that? Slap Jesus. Oh God, I, I, I feel bad. I tremble inside, thinking that there's somebody out there waiting on judgment who slapped God. But perhaps we slap God in the face when we choose the ways of men and not of God, because we have some proclivity toward that. Lord, deliver me from all proclivities, all negative leanings, whether I lean over here or I lean over here. Help me to be plumb with God. Somebody out said, Amen. Help me to be plumb with God. Hallelujah. And he slapped Jesus, and, and Jesus answered him If I've spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. You're standing here. You ought to be a witness of truth. If I spoke evil, bear witness. Uh, of the evil, if I'm sorry, if I spoke, have spoken evil, <clears throat> bear witness of the evil, but if well, why do you strike me? And what we have today are people striking against the truth. Man, this is tough stuff, but I believe that you can handle it. I believe that you, have, you are well-nourished. You are well-nourished. I was at one of my grandson's football game the other night. And I, of course, big football, I'm not a, a huge football fan. I'm a fan because he's playing. And I'm not a Dallas fan, so forgive me for that. They, might, they, they are like an unfaithful lover. <laughs> I, do, I have to let those boys go. I'm looking for a team. Y'all have any recommendations? <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. Let's go to, let's go to uh, I was at a football game. Uh, let me go back there. And, and I saw some of the boys were, they would get hit a little bit. Now, they, they, they're hitting hard. My grandson is very strong. He's probably two or three times stronger than I am, maybe four times stronger than I am, maybe even five. But I got grandpa on him. <laughs> but I, I, I thought those boys hitting the, some of those young boys, and they would hit them, seemingly wasn't so hard. It was po- powerful, but they were, I thought, malnourished. Some of the players, I thought, they need more better nutrition. And if they had better nutrition, their joints would be stronger, their muscles would, would be enduring, and they would be able to take some of these licks without uh, being all just debilitated. And so I think that the believers in this time, if you can't take it, you're, 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 you're lacking in nutrition. When COVID-19 hit me uh, in the summer, in, in er, uh, late June, early July, my brother Elliot did something for me that, that very likely saved my life. Uh, he and Brother Junius and my doctor, they all uh, didn't get together, but they all helped me. Brother Junius gave me some things that, that really helped me. And when I was troubled, my brother gave me nutrition. Brother Junius gave me some, some, some things that really caused, put me over. And I was able to go through, as I almost sailed through COVID-19, because I had good nutrition. I had good medicines. You know, the Word of God is medicine to us. Are you still with me? And so you and I would be able to go through these troubled times without being confused, without being messed up. Going, I don't know what to believe. Well, that means you need to come to church more. <laughs> Are you still with me? Can I mess with you a little bit more? All right. I heard some elders say, yes, I can. And, and uh, in uh, Amos 7.10, ta- I call this Amaziah's complaint. Amaziah Amaziah was the false priest over at Bethel in Israel because Jeroboam had separated from Judah, from Israel, actually. He pulled away, and then uh, Solomon's son, Rehoboam, only had two tribes left. And they were called Judah, the Southern Kingdom, because of, uh, of Rehoboam's foolishness, and uh, we talked about that the last time. Then what happened was Jeroboam the first went up to he got the tribes and separated from Israel and became the Northern Kingdom, and uh, here he set up really false. Uh, gods, but they were sort of worshiping Jehovah, but it was mixed with all kinds of crazy stuff. Do you know a lot of us, really, are, are uh, we, we church goers? There's a difference, I know, between church goers and Christians, and real Christians, and church goers have mixed God with a lot of stuff. They mixed him with the stuff that they do that's ungodly. And they mixed him with the politics. And God has just mixed all up into uh, politics, Americanism. And he mixed all up into the movies we watch. You know, he's mixed all up in in everything. So everything is, we, we got some strange kind of religious system. And they have that in Israel. So God sent Amos the prophet to prophesy against them. And so I'm saying today that God is sending prophets to prophesy against the American gospel. I'm just telling you. If you don't like the food, see who cooked it. In verse 10, it says, Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent to Jeroboam, king of Israel, saying, Amos has conspired against you in the midst of the house of Israel. Or he has said these things in public. Wow. In the hearing of the people. The land is not able to bear all his words. I'm hearing things like this in different words. Well, uh, you know, w- w- you're taking sides in your messages. No, I'm not. I'm just preaching truth. And if you're standing in the wrong place and I step on your toes, that means that you're standing in the wrong place. You know, I, I mean, I've got size 13. So I, uh, I go. I tell my friends. I say, I don't have a foot. I've got 13. <laughs> I always wanted a foot, but I got a lot more than that. And I remember as a young boy, those long feet standing out there. People step on my feet and go, ah said, boy, you ought to stand with your feet under you, you know. <laughs> Some of us are standing with our feet in the wrong place. Brothers and sisters, I say this not, not to anger you, not to drive you away, but to draw you close to Jesus and to cause you to say, I need to be plumb with God. So Amaziah said the land is not able to bear all his words. And, and I'm, I'm hearing these false prophets. They're, they're lying prophets, and they are saying things. They're smooth words. They're saying things that deceive the people. For thus Amos has said, he said, this is what Amaziah, he changed Amos' words. He says, thus Amos has said, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel shall surely be led away captive from their own land. Then Amaziah said to Amos, go. Now listen what he says. He says, don't tell us the truth, go. If your truth is not my truth, go. Come on, it's not your truth and my truth. This is just the truth. Come on, there's not a left truth and a right truth. This is truth. Brothers and sisters, we are as divided as the world. That should not be. And then then listen what he says. This is a nutty guy. He was he was the high priest at Bethel, Amaziah. He said to Amos, Go, you seer. Are you prophet? Go. He said to him, get out of here. Can you imagine when God sends somebody to speak and you say, get out of here? Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. Have mercy. no, Señor. Help us. Help us. And then he says, go, you seer. Go. Flee to the land of Judah. Get out of here. We don't want to hear what God has to say through you. Get out of here. We're going to, we have itching ears. We're going to find somebody who will tell us what we want to hear. That's the New Testament version of that. Wow. Wow. Now, he says, "Go flee to the land of Judah. Go back home. You now, if somebody says, go back, go back to where you came from. Well, that would be East Texas. <laughs> I was born in America. I'm an American. So I have no place to go, another country to go, to go to. I have to stay where God sent me. And I know God sent me to, to South Texas to live and to minister. And there are a lot of implications of that, I don't have time to tell you. Free to the land of Judah. There, eat bread. Go there to Judah. Chill out. Eat your bread. Live a good, comfortable life over there. Leave us alone. Leave us in the bad shape you found us. We don't want you to change anything. And a lot of the preaching in America isn't changing anything. Man, yesterday was preaching and talking about some stuff. I thought, whoa, where did he learn the Bible? There, eat bread and there, prophesy. That was, uh, Amaziah was deceitful. I'm going to take a few more minutes, all right? In 2 Corinthians 11:14, 14, Paul tells us that Satan has disguised himself as an angel of light. Brothers and sisters, the truth sometimes may be a little difficult to discern, but you can get it. Because, Satan himself has disguised himself as an angel of light. And there are people now in high places. Uh, Brother Lester Summerall used to say, he said, spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, he, he, said, he said, that's them politicians. <laughs> I know you're in love with them, so you, 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 may, you may be not happy with me right now. But but Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So sometimes we look at things and we go, well, that looks like light. But if you keep on looking, you know that's not light. That's darkness. Verse 13 tells us, uh, let me pick up for Mamaziah. He says, But never again prophesy at Bethel. Bethel was the capital. Don't you bap, uh, do this at, where, at Bethel where our, our spiritual capital is. He says, for it is the king's sanctuary, and it is the royal residence. Then Amos answered and said to Amos, I love this answer. So this is the, those voices that are trying to keep the truth down. Some of us all are trying to suppress the truth. We're, we're not fully aware of it. It's just our proclivity. We're leaning. We're listening. Oh, wow. Well, I thought this was going to be a real happy sermon. Verse 13 says, he says, Amaziah says, but never again prophesied Bethel. Don't you come here telling us what God said. We've got our own version of God. Then Amos said, I was no prophet. He looks at it. I love this. I was no prophet. Nor was I a son of a prophet. But I was a sheep breeder and a tender of sycamore fruit. Then the Lord took me as I followed the flock. I was like David on the mountains taking care of sheep. And I got a call to come into the house. There was a prophet named Samuel. He had come to anoint the sons of Jesse, but he had found the others in the balances. They were weighed and they were found wanting, but that was a little ruddy, red-headed boy. His own daddy did not think of him as worthy to come to the anointing service. God reached out and he he called David, that little ruddy boy that didn't look like the rest of the family. and called him in and said, this is who I've chosen to shepherd my people Israel. And Amos is talking that kind of language. I was a sheep breeder. I was a tender of sycamore fruit. The Lord took me as I followed the flock and the Lord said to me, go prophesy to my people Israel. Now, therefore, hear the word of the Lord. You say, do not prophesy against Israel and do not speak against the house of Isaac. Therefore, thus saith the Lord. There is a thus saith the Lord for those of us who are churchgoers and not have been made Christian. He said, therefore, thus saith the Lord, your wife should be a harlot in the city. Your sons and daughters shall fall by the sword. Your land shall be divided by survey line. You shall die and they defile the land. And Israel shall surely be led away captive from his own land. What is God saying to us in this land of the free and home of the brave? A place that has been called the bastion of Christianity. But I say to you, our foundations are weak and our walls are leaning. And we need the plumb line of the cross again. Let us yield ourselves to the plumb line of the cross. And let us trust the word of God and let us trust God in his peace. Let us be the glorious church that Jesus died for. Let us not fear the plumb line of righteousness.
1: Won't let go, you won't let go, you won't let go of my hand. Won't let go, you won't let go, you won't, won't, won't let go, won't let go, won't let go of my hand. So I will believe your form. Rock and your star, they conquer you, in life and in death, you have overcome your love. You won't let go, you won't let go, you won't let go, you won't let go. You won't let go, you won't let go, you won't let go, you won't let go.
0: of us who have heard the message today, those of us who are here in the house and those of us who are online, I trust that you will not take offense at such a, a strong message. I pray that you would just ask God, how are you standing? Just ask him that. Don't ever be afraid to ask the Lord that. He will always speak truth to you, but maybe there's somebody in the house today you, uh, you, you don't know Jesus, you have not come to faith in Christ and you'd like to come to faith in Christ I'd like to see your hand and I would like to just pray for you and lead you to the Lord. If that's you, anybody here today is there anyone here perhaps there's somebody online if that's you online and, and you don't know the Lord you can know the Lord and I would ask you to just ask Jesus to come into your heart Just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I am sorry for my sins. Come into my heart and save me. The Bible says if you would would, uh, confess with your mouth, say something, believe in your heart, believe in your heart that God's raised Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved. And that's what the Bible says. I know you may say that sounds too easy. It is. So that even if you are just the craziest person in the world, the dumbest person in the world, You can be saved. That's what that means. And so, you know, I'm saved. And so that means that you don't have to be a Ph.D. to be saved. You just have to believe. And God will help you because He's dealt to every one of us the measure of faith. So if that's you, I want you to heal yourself to the Lord today. And I want to thank all of you who are here today. I pray for you who are here today that you will always be strong in the Lord and the power of His might, put on the whole armor of God, just listen to the Word of God and just say to the Lord, Lord, guide me in all truth, and God will do that for you. I mean, you don't have to do this crazy gyrations. I mean, I've known things. I've had God speak to me supernaturally. I just heard a voice in a voice, and I knew what was right. I remember one time I was in university, and, and I was in a place that I didn't supposed to be, and, th- and these words came to me. Daddy told me about places like this, and I ran out wow i was in in, i was in university another time i i guess a bit a little hard-headed i was in a place and some man came at me a stranger said you don't belong here how did he know i didn't know that guy he didn't know me maybe it was an angel you don't belong here god will say that to you he will say you don't belong here but don't tell god don't tell god where you belong let god tell you Amen.